Act Two of The Maid's Tragedy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Maid's Tragedy by Francis Beaumont and John Fletcher. Act Two. Scene One. Enter Evadne, Aspasia, Dula, and other ladies. Madam, shall we undress you for this fight? The wars are naked that you must make to-night. You are very merry, Dula. I should be far merrier, madam, if it were with me as it is with you. Why, how now, wench? Come, ladies, will you help? I am soon undone. And as soon done, good store of clothes will trouble you at both. Art thou drunk, Dula? Why, there's none here but we. Thou think'st belike there is no modesty when we are alone. Ah, by my troth, you hit my thoughts aright. Oh, you prick me, lady. Tis against my will. Anon you must endure more, and lie still. Your best to practice. Sure this wench is mad. No, Faith. This is a trick that I have had since I was fourteen. Tis high time to leave it. Nay, now I'll keep it till the trick leave me. A dozen wanton words put in your head will make you lively in your husband's bed. Nay, Faith, then take it. Take it, madam, where? We all, I hope, will take it that I hear. Nay, then, I'll give you o'er. So will I make the ablest man in Rhodes, or his heart to ache. Wilt take my place to-night? I'll hold your cards against any two I know. What wilt thou do? Madam, we'll do it, and make him leave play too. Aspasia, take her part. I will refuse it. She will pluck down a side. She does not use it. Why do? You will find the play quickly, because your head lies well that way. I thank thee, Dula. Would thou couldst instill some of thy mirth into Aspasia? Nothing but sad thoughts in her breast do dwell. Methinks a mean betwixt you would do well. She is in love, hang me if I were so. But I could run my country. I love too to do those things that people in love do. It were a timeless smile should prove my cheek. It were a fitter hour for me to laugh when at the altar the religious priest were pacifying the offended powers with sacrifice, then now this should have been my night, and all your hands have been employed in giving me a spotless offering to young Aminter's bed, as we are now for you. Pardon, Evadne, would my worth were great as yours, or that the king or he or both thought so, perhaps he found me worthless, but till he did so, in these ears of mine, these credulous ears, he poured the sweetest words that art or love could frame. If he were false, pardon it heaven, and if I did want virtue, you safely may forgive that too, for I have left none that I had from you. Nay, leave this sad talk, madam. Would I could, then should I leave the cause. See if you have not spoiled all Dula's mirth. Thou think'st thy heart hard, but if thou beest caught, remember me. Thou shalt perceive a fire shot suddenly into thee. That's not so good. Let him shoot anything but fire. I fear him not. Well, wench, thou mayest be taken. Ladies, good night. I'll do the rest myself. Nay, let your lord do some. Lay a garland on my hearse of the dismal yew. That's one of your sad songs, madam. Believe me, tis a very pretty one. How is it, madam? Lay a garland on my hearse of the dismal yew. Maiden's willow branches bear, say I die true. My love was false, but I was firm from my hour. 
fie, Aunt Madam, the words are so strange. They are able to make one dream of hobgoblins. I could never have the power. Sing that, Dula. I could never have the power to love one above an hour, but my heart would prompt mine eye on some other man to fly. Venus fix mine eyes fast, or if not, give me all that I shall see at last. So leave me now. Nay, we must see you laid. Madam, good night. May all the marriage joys that longing maids imagine in their beds prove so unto you. May no discontent grow twixt your love and you. But if there do, inquire of me, and I will guide your moan, teach you an artificial way to grieve, to keep your sorrow waking. Love your lord no worse than I, but if you love so well, alas, you may displease him. So did I. This is the last time you shall look on me. Ladies, farewell. As soon as I am dead, come all and watch one night about my hearse. Bring each a mournful story and a tear to offer at it when I go to earth. With flattering ivy clasp my coffin round. Write on my brow my fortune. Let my beer be borne by virgins that shall sing by course the truth of maids and perjuries of men. Alas, I pity thee. Exit Evadne. Madam, good, good night. night. Come, we'll let in the bridegroom. Where's my lord? Here, take this light. Enter a mentor. You'll find her in the dark. Your lady's scarce abed yet. You must help her. Go and be happy in your lady's love. May all the wrongs that you have done to me be utterly forgotten in my death. I'll trouble you no more. Yet I will take a parting kiss, and will not be denied. You'll come, my lord, and see the virgins weep when I am laid in earth, though you yourself can know no pity. Thus I wind myself into this willow garland, and am prouder that I was once your love, though now refused, than to have had another true to me. So with my prayers I leave you, and must try some yet unpractised way to grieve and die. Exit Aspatia. Come, ladies, will you go? Good night, my lord. Much happiness unto you all. Exeunt ladies. I did that lady wrong. Methinks I feel her grief shoot suddenly through all my veins. Mine eyes run. This is strange at such a time. It was the king first moved me to it but he has not my will in keeping. Why do I perplex myself thus? Something whispers me. Go not to bed. My guilt is not so great as mine own conscience, too sensible, would make me think I only break a promise, and t'was the king that forced me. Timorous flesh, why shakest thou so? Away my idle fears. Enter Evadne. Yonder she is the lustre of whose eye can blot away the sad remembrance of all these things. O oh, my Evadne, spare that tender body, let it not take cold, the vapours of the night will not fall here. To bed, my love, Hymen will punish us for being slack performers of his rites. Camest thou to call me? No. Come, come, my love, and let us lose ourselves to one another. Why art thou up so long? I am not well. 
To bed, then let me wind thee in these arms, till I have banished sickness. Good my lord, I cannot sleep. Evadne will watch, I mean no sleeping. I'll not go to bed. I prithee do. I will not for the world. Why, my dear love? Why? I have sworn I will not. Sworn? Aye. How sworn, Evadne? Yes, sworn, Amintor, and will swear again if you will wish to hear me. To whom have you sworn this? If I should name him, the matter were not great. Come, this is but the coyness of a bride. The coyness of a bride? How prettily that frown becomes thee. Do you like it so? Thou canst not dress thy face in such a look, but I shall like it. What look likes you best? Why do you ask? That I may show you one less pleasing to you. How's that? That I may show you one less pleasing to you. I prithee put thy jests in milder looks. It shows as thou wert angry. So perhaps I am indeed. Why? Who has done thee wrong? Name me the man, and by thyself I swear, thy yet unconquered self, I will revenge thee. Now I shall try thy truth. If thou dost love me, thou weighest not anything compared with me. Life, honour, joys eternal, all delights this world can yield, or hopeful people feign, or in the life to come, a light as air to a true lover when his lady frowns and bids him do this. Wilt thou kill this man? Swear, my mentor, and I'll kiss the sin off from thy lips. I will not swear, sweet love, till I do not know the cause. I would thou wouldst. Why, it is thou that wrongest me. I hate thee. Thou shouldst have killed thyself. If I should know that, I should quickly kill the man you hated. Know it, then, and do it. Oh, no, what looks soe'er thou shalt put on, to try my faith, I shall not think thee false. I cannot find one blemish in thy face. Where falsehood should abide, leave and to bed. If you have sworn to any of the virgins that were your old companions, to preserve your maidenhead a night, it may be done without this means. A maidenhead, Amintor, at my years? Sure, she raves, this cannot be thy natural temper. Shall I call thy maids? Either thy healthful sleep hath left thee long, or else some fever rages in thy blood. Neither, Amintor. Think you I am mad because I speak the truth? Will you not lie with me to-night? To-night? You talk as if I would hereafter. Hereafter? Yes, I do. You are deceived. Put off amazement, and with patience mark what I shall utter, for the oracle knows nothing truer. Tis not for a night or two that I forbear thy bed, but for ever. I dream. Awake, Amintor. You hear right. I sooner will find out the beds of snakes, and with my youthful blood warm their cold flesh, letting them curl themselves about my limbs, than sleep one night with thee. This is not feigned, nor sounds it like the coyness of a bride. Is flesh so earthly to endure all this? Are these the joys of marriage? Hymen, keep this story, that will make succeeding youth neglect thy ceremonies from all ears. Let it not rise up for thy shame and mine to after ages. We will scorn thy laws. 
if thou know better bless them touch the heart of her that thou hast sent me or the world shall know that there's not an altar that will smoke in praise of thee we will adopt us sons then virtue shall inherit and not blood if we do lust we'll take the next we meet serving ourselves as other creatures do and never take note of the female more nor of her issue i do rage in vain she can but jest oh pardon me my love so dear the thoughts are that i hold of thee that i must break forth satisfy my fear it is a pain beyond the hand of death to be in doubt confirm it with an oath if this be true do you invent the form let there be in it all the binding words devils and conjurers can put together and i will take it i have sworn before and hereby all things holy do again never to be acquainted with thy bed is your doubt over now i know too much what i have doubted still was ever such a marriage night as this you powers above if you did ever mean man should be used thus you have thought a way how he may bear himself and save his honour instruct me in it for to my dull eyes there is no mean no moderate course to run i must live scorned or be a murderer is there a third why is this night so calm why does not heaven speak in thunder to us and drown her voice this rage will do no good evadne hear me thou hast ta'en an oath but such a rash one that to keep it were worse than to swear it call it back to thee such vows as those never ascend the heaven a tear or two will wash it quite away have mercy on my youth my hopeful youth if thou be pitiful for without boast this land was proud of me what lady was there that men called fair and virtuous in this isle that would have shunned my love it is in thee to make me hold this worth o oh, we vain men that trust out all our reputation to rest upon the weak and yielding hand of feeble women but thou art not stone thy flesh is soft and in thine eyes doth dwell the spirit of love thy heart cannot be hard come lead me from the bottom of despair to all the joys thou hast i know thou wilt and make me careful lest the sudden change o'ercome my spirits when i call back this oath the pains of hell environ me i sleep and am too temperate come to bed or by those hairs which if thou hast a soul like to thy locks were threads for kings to wear about their arms why so perhaps they are i'll drag thee to my bed and make thy tongue undo this wicked oath or on thy flesh i'll print a thousand wounds to let out life i fear thee not do what thou darest to me every ill-sounding word or threatening look thou showest to me will be revenged at full it will not sure evadne do not you hazard that have ye your champions alas a mentor thinks thou i forbear to sleep with thee because i have put on a maiden's strictness look upon these cheeks and thou shalt find the hot and rising blood unapt for such a vow no in this heart there dwells as much desire and as much will to put that wished act in practice as ever yet was known to woman and they have been shown both but it was the folly of thy youth to think this beauty to what land soe'er it shall be called shall stoop to any second i do enjoy the best 
and in that height have sworn to stand or die. You guess the man. No, let me know the man that wrongs me so, that I may cut his body into motes, and scatter it before the northern wind. You dare not strike him. Do not wrong me so. Yes, if his body were a poisonous plant, that it were death to touch, I have a soul will throw me on him. Why, tis the king. The king? What will you do now? Tis not the king. What did he make this match for, dull Amintor? Oh, thou hast named a word that wipes away all thoughts revengeful. In that sacred name, the king, there lies a terror. What frail man dares lift his hand against it? Let the gods speak to him when they please. Till then, let us suffer and wait. Why should you fill yourself so full of heat, and haste so to my bed? I am no virgin. What devil put it in thy fancy, then, to marry me? Alas, I must have one to father children, and to bear the name of husband to me that my sin may be more honourable. What a strange thing am I! A miserable one. One that myself am sorry for. Why, show it then in this. If thou hast pity, though thy love be none, kill me, and all true lovers that shall live in after ages crossed in their desires, shall bless thy memory, and call thee good, because such mercy in thy heart was found to rid a lingering wretch. I must have one to fill thy room again, if thou wert dead, else by this night I would. I pity thee. These strange and sudden injuries have fallen so thick upon me, that I lose all sense of what they are. Methinks I am not wronged, nor is it aught, if we're censuring the world, I can but hide it. Reputation, thou art a word, no more. But thou hast shown an impudence so high, that to the world I fear thou wilt betray or shame thyself. To cover shame I took thee, never fear that I would blaze myself. Nor let the king know I conceive he wrongs me, then mine honour will thrust me into action that my flesh could bear with patience, and it is some ease to me in these extremes that I knew this before I touched thee else had all the sins of mankind stood betwixt me and the king, I had gone through em to his heart and thine. I have lost one desire, tis not his crown shall buy me to thy bed, now I resolve, he has dishonoured thee. Give me thy hand, be careful of thy credit and sin close, tis all I wish, upon thy chamber floor I'll rest to-night, that morning visitors may think we did as married people use, and prithee smile upon me when they come and seem to toy as if thou hadst been pleased with what we did fear not i will do this come let us practise and as wantonly as ever loving bride and bridegroom met let's laugh and enter here i am content down all the swellings of my troubled heart when we walk thus entwined let all eyes see if ever lovers better did agree exit scene two Enter Aspasia, Antiphila, and Olympias. Away, you are not sad. Force it no further. Good gods, how well you look! Such a full-colour young bashful brides put on. Sure you are new-married. Yes, madam, to your grief. Alas, poor wenches! Go learn to love first, learn to lose yourselves, learn to be flattered and believe and bless the double tongue that did it. 
Make a faith out of the miracles of ancient lovers, such as spake truth and died in't, and like me believe all faithful and be miserable. Did you ne'er love yet, wenches? Speak, Olympias, thou hast an easy temper fit for stamp. Never. Nor you, Antiphila. Nor I. Then, my good girls, be more than women wise, at least be more than I was, and be sure you credit anything the light gives light to before a man. Rather believe the sea weeps for the ruined merchant when he roars, rather the wind courts but the pregnant sails when the strong cordage cracks, rather the sun comes but to kiss the fruit in wealthy autumn when all falls blasted. If you needs must love, forced by ill fate, take to your maiden bosoms two dead cold aspects and of them make lovers. They cannot flatter nor forswear. One kiss makes a long peace for all. But man! Oh, that beast man! Come, let's be sad, my girls. That downcast of thine eye, Olympias, shows a fine sorrow. Mark, Antiphila. Just such another was the nymphoenone when Paris brought home Helen. Now a tear, and then thou art a piece expressing fully the Carthage queen, when from a cold sea-rock, full with her sorrow, she tied fast her eyes to the fair Trojan ships, and having lost them, just as thine eyes do, down stole a tear, Antiphila. What would this wench do if she were Aspatia? Here she would stand, till some more pitying god turned her to marble. Tis enough, my wench. Show me the piece of needlework you wrought. Of Ariadne, madam? Yes, that piece. This should be Theseus. He has a cousining face. You meant him for a man. He was so, madam. Why, then, tis well enough. Never look back. You have a full wind and a false heart, Theseus. Does not the story say his keel was split, or his mast spent, or some kind rock or other met with his vessel? Not as I remember. It should have been so. Could the gods know this and not all of their number raise a storm? But they are all as ill. This false smile was well expressed. Just such another caught me. You shall not go so, Antiphila. In this place work a quicksand, and over it a shallow smiling water, and his ship ploughing it, and then a fear. Do that fear to the life, wench. Twill wrong the story. Twill make the story, wronged by wanton poets, live long and be believed. But where's the lady? There, madam. Fie, you have missed it here, Antiphila. You are much mistaken, wench. These colours are not dull and pale enough to show a soul so full of misery as this sad lady's was. Do it by me. Do it again by me, the lost Aspatia, and you shall find all true but the wild island. I stand upon the sea-breach now, and think mine arms thus, and mine hair blown with the wind, wild as that desert, and let all about me tell that I am forsaken. Do my face if thou hadst ever feeling of a sorrow, thus, thus, Antiphila, strive to make me look like sorrow's monument, and the trees about me let them be dry and leafless, let the rocks groan with continual surges, and behind me make all a desolation. Look, look, wenches, a miserable life of this poor picture. Dear madam! I have done. Sit down, and let us upon that point fix all our eyes, that point there. Make a dull silence till you feel a sudden sadness give us new souls. Enter Kalianax. 
the king may do this and he may not do it my child is wronged disgraced well how now hussies what at your ease is this a time to sit still up you lazy whores up or i'll swinge you nay good my lord you'll lie down shortly get you in and work what are you grown so resty you want ears we shall have some of the court boys do that office my lord we do no more than we are charged it is the lady's pleasure we be thus in grief she is forsaken there's a rogue too a young dissembling slave well get you in i'll have a bout with that boy tis high time now to be valiant i confess my youth was never prone that way what made an ass a court's tail well i will be valiant and beat some dozen of these whelps i will and there's another of em a trin cheating soldier i'll maul that rascal he's outbraved me twice but now i thank the gods i am valiant go get you in i'll take a course with all Exeunt. end of act two